When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. The 1865 Match Report. Hello and welcome to the 1865 Forest Ramble. We are recording just after the match has ended. It was, of course, Derby 1, Forest 1, in a match that Forest fans will feel, well, frankly, we should have taken the three points. Um, I'm joined by Jason and Corey from the Rams Review podcast. But first of all, Maradon the Midlands, I'm going to come to you. How do you feel after that? Very disappointed. Um, I felt we were in complete control of the game when when Derby scored. It was it was comfortable without being one hundred percent comfortable because we've all obviously still got the memory of last season and the last minute goal we conceded then. But I just I couldn't see where Derby were going to get the goal from. Um, we were looking sound defensively. We were controlling the ball well in midfield. We were passing it around as well as we have done all season. Um, and Derby looked short confidence, and so it's, it's really quite gutting. We're, we're in complete control then. Yeah, okay, Corey. Um, I mean, there's a sense of deja vu here because was it about six, seven months ago? I contributed to your Derby Forest pre match uh, preview, and then uh, Forest were probably comfortably in control of the match. We were 1 0 up, and then we conceded a late goal, and, and all of a sudden the entire mood changed. Um, <laughs> Do you, do you get that sense of deja vu yourself? I do, I do, Rich. And I think that the two teams mirror each other so, so much. It's just incredible. And I've been talking this week like how when the teams first played, both teams were kind of on a downward end. Since Christmas, they've both kind of been in much better form. Um, both have changed managers. Both have gotten loan signings in January instead of making permanence. And this game was very much the microcosm of that. Whereas um, Forrest kind of scored when Darby were on top and, we kind of scored when Forrest were on top and it was something had to break one way or another. And, you know, it all, it had, it had draw written all over it because I think every team was, every team canceled each other out everywhere in the field. But um, yeah, 
I think it draws a, a fair result. If you had to break it down, you know, it's probably Darby one, Forest 1.25, maybe, you know, on the balance of play, maybe 1.35 if I'm being generous. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, you know, th- those are the fractions that we're dealing with because the game was so even um, for large, uh, large swaths of it. Okay, well, I mean, we've got slightly different opinions there from Maradon Mill and from Corey, but uh, I mean, Jason, would you agree that that, that derby goal from Colin Kazim Richards, quality, quality finish, but it really did come out of nowhere, didn't it? Yeah, 100%. I think, to be honest with you, the, you know, from, even from the gambits of the game, it was derby had the ball and didn't, didn't do enough with it. Um, it and then, it, you know, the, the first goal, which Marshall saves nine times out of ten. I would say that uh, basically your big problem there was there's that one occasion where Forrest scored where, sure, Marshall made a mistake, but Derby just couldn't defend the second ball, could they, for most of the match? Yeah, they struggled. They struggled. And I think Andre Wisdom was probably the one that struggled the most out of, out of the back four. I thought Buchanan and Byrne both had, both had pretty solid games. Clark was basically, that's what a Matt Clark performance in a Derby shirt looks like. But I thought Andre Wisdom, um, other, than, other than obviously the mistake from Marshall, which did cost the goal, those mistakes from goalkeepers do tend to do that. Um, yeah, I think, I think Andre Wisdom was probably uh, the weakest one out of that back line, which was a bit surprising to see. And it was a bit surprising really to see Derby defend so poorly that way because for the last several weeks, they've been, they've been excellent. I mean, they went on a... Sh- stretch not too long ago where it was like four games and they conceded one shot on goal um, and they were really solid defensively and they looked a bit shaky. And I think obviously with Marshall going off with the injury and Roos coming in, Keller Roos, you know, he, he played what over an hour, I think of the game. I think it was just maybe an hour, 50 minutes. And, and he, he didn't, he didn't look comfortable. He didn't, he looked like he kind of unnerved the back line a little bit. So I don't think that helped either, mm-hmm. but it was shocking for, it was, it was surprising from a Derby perspective that that kind of defensive performance was put in. Yes. Mm-hmm. Murdered on the Midlands, bearing in mind that Derby did look jittery at the back and lost confidence after Forrest scored that goal. I mean, Forrest really should have capitalised, shouldn't they? But they still didn't quite create decisive chances, did they? No, it's, it's the same old problem that we've had all season where um, we just don't really create enough clear-cut chances. We, we had a few sort of balls into the box with a Garner sort of header from distance. Um, Figueredo header from distance um, but without really creating open tier cut chances I think that's a problem we're going to have when you've got a 37 year old striker up front he just he lacks the pace just to get away from a from a defender um, for all the good things he did sort of holding up the ball quite well and sort of uh, linking up with the other players it's just that final when you need a little bit of pace in the box to get away from a defender we're maybe lacking that and, we, and we've done that all season, really. Taylor's got no pace, and um, Lewis Grabman's not played well at all all season. So um, it's, it's it's the problem we've had. It's, it's it, that last two uh, two out of three away games we've we've thrown away points in the last five ten minutes. But we, looking back, and we really should have beaten Swansea, and we really shouldn't have won today. I mean, we're looking at sort of maybe five six wins in a row in that case, and uh, it's just that little. That inability to score the second goal, which is which is costing us now. 
Jason, you before we started recording, um, you mentioned about the possibility of should Derby have had a penalty in the first half. So I take that and I say, well, with VAR, it would have been interesting. Uh, but with VAR as well, there would have been a question mark about Kazim Richards' goal. Would you agree? Yeah, uh, you can't can't argue that point. And I think that's the thing I was sat there thinking, what would VAR have made of that penalty decision? And I, I said to you before we started recording, I think if you're the team wanting the penalty, it's a penalty all day long. If it's the team that's conceded the penalty, it's not. Um, and that's where, obviously that's for a whole another debate, but that is where the, the cloudiness of the, of the rules come from. But yeah, I mean, Again, it's for the for the Richards goal. It, it's it's six or one and a half a dozen of the other. It's probably again, it's probably one where another another point on the pitch. And I actually thought the ref didn't do a didn't do necessarily a bad job. What was it eighty second minute before we thought, saw the first card? Um, I thought actually he marshaled the game quite well. Um, the, the, it was a bit of a bitty game, wasn't it? Really, I mean, there was a lot of stops and starts in it as well, and but. I thought he dealt with he dealt, for a derby game. I thought he dealt with it quite well. So you take you have to take the rough with the smooth uh, with with those kind of decisions. But yeah, I'm, I can't argue your point. As I say, you know, with it being derby's goal, I'm not going to say that that's an issue. But the other way around, yeah, maybe, maybe I'd feel aggrieved. Corey. Um... After Derby got that goal, however fortunate it was that it, you know, came out of nowhere and the handball, or was it, wasn't it? Um, yeah, quality finish, as we've discussed. Do you think that, uh, actually, Derby had the chances to go on and get the points? I do, definitely. I think that it was, I think that game, that goal kind of kicked the game into life, and I was a bit disappointed that there was only, what, 10 minutes on the clock left. If there was another, another... 10 or 15 on top of that with 20 minutes left, 25 would have been a real cracking finish. And it was a pretty good finish. I think Lee Gregory, he'll probably be uh, not wanting to see that replay anytime soon because it fell to him and he had a really good opportunity to score. Um, and yeah, I think Derby were kind of finished the game. They finished, I think they finished the game of the stronger of the two sides. I think that they, the, the substitutions of Gregory and, and, um, uh, and, and Roberts kind of influenced things late on you know the Sibley substitution it's kind of those ones and obviously the goalkeeper one had to be made but yeah I think I think Derby finished the, the game the stronger and I think they had the better chances to win it and I'll be honest with you I would have put a lot of money on it Rich to, for Lee Gregory to bury that because you know he's a he's a veteran championship striker you know he's not he's not Ronaldo okay you know he's he's but he's a journeyman uh, veteran championship striker who's very good at this level and, you know, you would have expected him to at least put a shot on target um, and, and, he, and he scuffed it wide. So, yeah, it's a bit disappointing, but I think Derby could have gone on and won it. But it was a good, it was very interesting spectacle for the last 10 minutes because the game really went end to end. Jason, just coming back to you uh, briefly, uh, you mentioned um, a little bit earlier, once again, before we started recording, about the Forest players that you thought uh, were doing a good job in, in our team. So do you just want to, for the benefit of the audience, uh, tell us what <laughs> yeah. you were impressed by? Absolutely. I, I think Figueroa played really well. Um, caused, caused Derby a lot of trouble uh, from set pieces. I thought his overall play defensively, I thought he was absolutely on point, to be honest. And you know, Joe Worrell did what I fully expect Joe Worrell to do as a centre-back. I, I must admit, I've, I thought he's, he's 
he's better than I thought he was. Uh, that's no real like disrespect to him, but he's, he is a much better centre off than I give him than I gave him credit for. So uh, James Garner in the midfield, of course, scores the goal. So he's obviously going to get. Uh, he has to get a mention. Don't necessarily think he did as much in the game as uh, I know on our preview this time. We we discussed he was probably quite a quite a danger man. Um, of course, he, he scored a goal, so he was clearly a danger man. And then Kravinovic, I thought he just he just linked it well. I thought Murray obviously was not really in the game, so it, there was quite a bit of work from him. And I thought he he did pretty well. Knockout, I thought we kept quiet as best as we could. I know it's something me and Corey discussed down that left-hand side. Lee Buchanan had a bit of a torrid time against Sarge for Watford a couple of weeks ago and I was fully expecting Knockout to, to really cause some damage down that right-hand side. I, don't get me wrong, I know he got down there a, a few times but I don't think he was quite as devastated as, as we know Knockout can be. I thought Cyrus Christie, for, certainly on our preview when we spoke to... Um, spoke to the guys from Nottingham Post that you know they were saying that Cyrus Christie's not been fantastic in a Forest shirt. I actually thought he put in an half decent performance. Don't necessarily think there was a great deal asked of him, but I thought you know certainly moving forward, I don't think we really challenged him defensively. And you know, there's you know, Sambird Bryce did exactly what you expect from him. We've I, I fully rate him as a goalkeeper. I thought he dealt really well. I thought Joe Worrell for me, was probably the one I thought he kept because in Richards really quiet, and that that is a that is a thing that to stop Derby from playing, that's one of the the main things you have to do keep keep Kazan Richards quiet and and win that midfield battle. Which taking the first twenty five minutes aside, I actually thought Forrest did really really well. Married on the Midlands. I'm going to come on to a couple of those points in a sec, but first of all. Jason started there by talking about Tobias Figueredo, who I thought had a really good match. But would it be harsh to say he made a mistake for that goal? Yeah, um, he did. He just sliced the ball. He just in it's so unfortunate because he, he put in an exemplary centre half performance before that. And I was just thinking just minutes before that he's playing so well. And I was I was gonna I was about to put on our group WhatsApp chat. I, w- I wonder what the people who who've been abusing him will say now. And um, it's just such a pity because he looks so calm earlier in the season. He seems to be playing in a sort of almost an agitated state. He was almost in a tormenting within. And he was, I was manifesting itself in his performances. He was making silly mistakes. He looked ragged. And he looked really calm today and played so well. It's just such a shame that it had to come from him. I mean. Uh, Kazim Richards had to do a lot to score the goal. Even, even if you make that mistake, you don't expect it to fly in from there nine times out of the ten. It, it wouldn't do. So it's just such a pity. OK, and if we move on to a couple of the uh, players that Jason mentioned as well, further up the pitch. I mean, uh, Knockhart was was enjoying himself in that second half, wasn't he? I mean, the big change, um, and Baz commented it on our WhatsApp group, is that in the first half, having kind of sat deep, uh, having got the goal, then Forrest did start pushing a little bit more and um, and they pressed higher up the pitch for the majority of that second half. And that's when we saw Knockart getting a little bit of time and space down that right-hand side, combining well with Christie going forward, doing some showboating, but also having been relatively quiet, not seeing much of the ball in the first half, Kravinovic started to come into his own in that second half as well, didn't he? Yeah, he was brilliant in that second half, as was uh, Knockhart. They were just um, good players playing well. Um, 
some of the, the nutmegs and things and little dinks and, and passes around players, uh, balls around corners. It was just, it was, it was a joy to watch because we, we've been so bereft of that for the past two, two years, 20 years. I don't know how long you want to go back. It's just, we were so, we so rarely, most, most of the time we just see our players pass it aimlessly out of play when there's nobody near them. So to see, see some players like that, it's, it was a joy. Um, and again, just such a pity we couldn't, couldn't capitalise on it with a second goal. It's, um, but it was, it's, it's positive signs. It's, it looks good for the future or for the rest of this season. The, the, the sort of downside is that all of the good players are on loan. So I don't know how many of them are going to be here for, for next season, but we'll worry about that when that happens. Corey, just to come back to you, and uh, just as we get towards the close of tonight's uh, broadcast, um, basically, I think one of the things that's going to be the most... Re- we're, going to, we're all going to be relieved, no matter whether we're wearing white or red tonight, because actually a match that looked like a relegation six-pointer as little as a month ago or six weeks ago now looks like a match which has the potential to cement both teams in mid-table. And it's so sad, but so relieving, that... That we're saying that, isn't it? It is. It's very anticlimactic, Rich. Uh, yeah, I think when you looked at this game on paper, like you said a couple of weeks ago, it was it was this was the one that was going to either pull one team completely away and suck one team into it, and the emotional impact that it would have on the team that lost the game or didn't take the match. You know, draw doesn't really help anybody in relegation dogfights. We're assuming wins and losses here. The team that lost the game would emotionally probably be devastated and it would take them a couple games to pick it back up and with Darby coming up against uh, Cardiff and Coventry you know I think they've got three straight away games so it would suck Darby right back into it had they lost and I think you know this is football so what a difference 90 minutes makes what a difference four weeks make it's basically a lifetime and I think you're dead on I think it solidifies both teams in the in the lower mid table area Um, you know but again this is the championship so you never want to say you never want to say die. A couple of losses here and there. A couple of teams it can get it can get hairy. But I definitely think that both teams will finish lower mid table. I think there are three worse teams um, in this division than both Derby and Forest um, by by a long margin. By a long margin, and I think that Derby and Forest are showing in their form since since you know mid December Christmas time that they are performing at the teams that they are supposed to be at. But they are paying the consequences for having very poor starts because I know. Obviously, Lamushi, they pulled the trigger on him. They got Chris Hutton in, and then things weren't necessarily going to plan for the first several weeks for Forrest under Chris Hutton. But since then, it's kind of picked up. So, yeah, it, it's very anticlimactic, but it's also weirdly relieving. That's like good one, one, good solid one, one draw. I know I would have been happy if you had said to me this week, Darby would be picking up four points, you know, from two home games, Huddersfield and Forrest. I would have been very happy with that. So, I'm very pleased with a draw. And I think, just like you say, Rich, it, it's going to be a, you know, a, a nice. A nice, by Derby standards, run of the mill, end of the season. Let's just finish out mid-table and get and get to get to a very interesting summer ahead. Okay, thank you very much, Corey, and thank you to Jason, and thank you to the Married on the Midlands. Um, if there's some consolation for Forest supporters, it's seven points out of nine this week. Um, just like Derby, Forest have got a tough run of games coming up over the next few weeks. So actually, any points gained now have to be, you know, you have to bank them and, and see where we go. Um, oddly enough, as well, if Forest had won this, we'd have ended up in the top half of the table somehow, albeit for 24 hours. Um, 
Anyway, we'll be back with a uh, one of our monthly uh, long podcasts coming up uh, in a couple of days' time. So keep an eye on your podcast feed or check in at 1865.football. And once again, thank you to the Maradon the Midlands, to Jason and Corey from Rams Review Podcast. And thank you for listening. Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that you know Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com/live. <laughs>